of Plato Podcast. Um, today we're going to be talking about a new concept, which is Taoism, and hopefully learning more about it along the way. So, um, my name is Mary. I'm Janet. I'm Lena. My name's Vey. Awesome. So yes, all four of us are here today, which is really exciting. And this episode sort of connects back to um, episode three. So we'll have a fun time sort of comparing the two concepts. Um, so Abe, can you go ahead and give us a really like basic layman's definition for uh, Taoism, please? Oh yeah, sure. So just some context for Taoism. Um, Taoism kind of started in um, in China around the 5th or 6th century BC. Um, it is a fundamental idea in most Chinese philosophical schools. Um, it denotes the principle that uh, Tao is like the source and the pattern and the substance of everything that exists. Um, it emphasizes living in harmony with the Tao. And it emphasizes the fact that you can't really know what the Tao or Tao is. Um, you just have to live in accordance with it and then reach a state of flow and focus with whatever you're doing and accept the worldly processes and natural processes that happen outside of your control and then work with it. And those processes are our limited understanding of what the Tao is. Awesome. Okay, so just to sort of get like a better understanding of Taoism, it is a poly, um, or is, I'll just say this in layman terms, it is um, a religion that believes in multiple gods, correct? So I believe it's a philosophical tenet and a religion, if I'm understanding that correctly. Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, so I believe that they believe in multiple gods as well, which isn't super typical. Um, but that is interesting. So when I was first learning about Taoism, um, I was learning about how it was, I guess, influenced by two major forces, the yin and the yang. Um, so these are like at balance and we have that typical, you know, yin yang symbol to show this balance, um, that is constantly at work. So, um, does anyone like have any like further understanding of the yin and the yang? I was watching a video and it was like the origins of yin and yang is one side of a hill and the other side when the sun is up. So when the sun is up, one side of the hill is it is light and the other side is dark. And then as the sun goes on its cycle throughout the day, it the dark area and the light area changes. So that's like the balance between dark and light. And that's how like the world works in this ancient Chinese philosophy that there's always, always change and always balance. Yeah. So, um, so I believe that the yin is like the dark, soft, like more feminine side. So the more feminine force and then the yang is like the hot, bright, like masculine force. And so, um, these are like the two driving beliefs in Taoism, but I believe that they are not the only driving beliefs. Um, so everyone tries to, um, actually, I'm just cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, again, also. 
also the yin yang like feeds into the purity that's needed mm -hmm. uh, i guess to practice taoism in its actual form um like a lot of the tenets are meditation breathing purity spiritual purity and just like physical physical purity as well and i think the yin and yang is like supposed to be the balance of like your soul within um, taoism yeah so speaking of like soul um I think like that sort of drives into what Taoism is. It's sort of a, um, I guess it's, I kind of saw it as like a way to reach like immortality in a sense, because I feel like Taoism really, it like enunciates health and well-being, um, which I think connects back to like the idea of having like, you know, nature and your soul and all of those just like different tenets. Um, so yeah, and I read somewhere that death itself is sort of in relating to a Tao. So I think that's interesting to sort of jump off from. I guess mortality back then constituted more um, acting on whims and I guess doing anti Tao um, actions. So I guess in a more literal sense, it could be called um, immortality, where you're supposed to uh, more or less surrender to your mortality and then just work with it and not, um, uh, and this is assuming that mortality is based around acting on your whims, acting against the flow of nature, um, being selfish, I guess, because I mean, that's what we've been biologically trained to do for most of our life, to be selfish and then somewhat um community-based. So yeah, I like um, having immortality as a facet of that. Yeah, what you were saying about just going with the flow, that's called wu-wei, non-action, and that's like what you're supposed to do with Taoism. You're just supposed to act by nature and not go against what you're naturally supposed to do. I think this is like super similar to our last episode, of course, with Stoicism. And like uh, uh, seeing as like Stoicism and Taoism are like cousins, and I guess in the, in the philosophical sense, since they were founding at, founded at the same time, have similar principles of non-action and natural natural course of things. Um, I think it's super interesting how these two, you know, philosophical ideologies sort of sprouted at different well the same time, but different ge uh, geographical. Places. Yeah, that's really interesting how two people can get the, like, the same idea but be not in connection with each other whatsoever. Yeah, it makes me wonder if there was anything going on at that time that was like worldly yet, you know? Because like I know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I took like world history or whatever. I mean, the, the, there are a lot of things going on at that time, but like the main part the important part is that like they couldn't really communicate or have like lots of like trade or travel so like i don't know if like the any sort of like notions or ideas were able to like cross um cross ge geographical locations but if it did it would have been like very very difficult much more difficult than it is today yeah maybe like i don't know this might be a little bit of a stretch but i think something that taoism um kind of connects with is like like we said nature but like speciation um so i feel like it 
values the number of species and the species diversity and the richness of, you know, what is there and what isn't. Um, so if you have like a lot of like biodiversity in an ecosystem, it can, it kind of leads to like richness and therefore like prosperity. Um, and if there isn't a lot of like different species and if the biodiversity isn't very rich, then it's looked down upon perhaps. Um, so it values nature, like Jana was saying earlier. Um, and it cares about the preservation of nature and, um, yeah. So perhaps back then nature was something that was very highly regarded rather or whether it was for like medicinal reasons or like spiritual reasons or maybe all i i think i like that theory though i think it might have had something to do with the silk trade so at like this time in history um like the byzantine like em- empires sort of smuggled silk out of china because china was like the sole exporter of silk mm-hmm. and they were like sort of they were christian and christianity and stoicism were sort of like intertwined at this time they began like sort of uh following like similar principles mm-hmm. um i think it, like i think maybe that's what happened if we're being honest i mean they were like the, they were founded separately but i definitely think there could have been some cultural exchange with like um the stealing of silk from china and like some sort of trade going on there Yeah, yeah, it's definitely possible. I, I mean, I just, like, notice, like, a lot of, like, really weird things that are similar across cultures sometimes. Like, you know, this is, like, really specific, but, like, the number two, like, in a lot of languages, it, like, starts with, like, the duh sound, and then, like, three also, like, starts with the the sound in a lot of languages. There's something similar to that, and I've always wondered, like, how that was even possible. But, yeah, I mean, even though there were, like, not as many people and not not as many, like, trade routes and everything, like, I mean, humans are humans, so, like, stuff will diffuse. Yeah, so, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, so, um, like, the founder of Taoism, Lao Tzu, like, it is still debated whether, like, he existed or not, but, like, Confucius, like, and, like, Christianity, where, like, people, like, wrote books across time, like, Taoism is, like, based on one book, mainly, and I thought that was interesting. Oh, yeah, the Tao Te Ching. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys, did you guys come across, like, the story, the legend, how that came to be? Oh, no, I didn't. Okay. So, um, Lao Tzu was a curator at the Royal Library in the Zhou Dynasty, and he was, like, pretty popular. He was known for being philosophical and wise, and, um, so he was in the Royal Library, so he saw what, everything that was going on in government, and he believed that people could work in harmony and be peaceful, but that was not happening in the government. So he was like, I gotta get out of here, and he decided to abandon society, and on his way out of China, near the border, a guard guy recognized him and asked Lao Tzu to write down his wisdom in a book. So Lao Tzu just kind of went aside and sat and wrote the Dao Te Ching and gave it to the guy. And then 
translated book of all time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, second only to the Bible. Mm-hmm. So today, Taoism is, it's still practiced, obviously. I believe it's practiced mm-hmm. in um, China, like Taiwan, perhaps other parts of Asia a little more um, dispersely. So with that said, it's like, it's not like an outdated religion. Um, And I know that, unfortunately, the Chinese government has tried to get rid of Taoism or rather suppress it over the years, Um, which obviously is unfortunate. You never want to, like, you know, have church and state conflict like that. But um, I know that it does sort of mix with other religions like Buddhism, um, so over time, these this sort of tenets and um, I guess like ideas behind these religions have sort of mixed together, which is interesting. Um, so I know that today, at least, um, immortality is still sort of sought out within Taoism, and there's also like temple worships that are practiced today. Um, there's a lot of like medicinal plants. I think that is super interesting. I've always been like interested in just like plants and medicine and how they've been like used together. So that's still used. Um, there's sort of ways to like harvest like energy through like breathing exercises and like regular. Yeah. Do you know anything about that? Um, she is like the energy that flows through you and in Taoism, there's a lot of exercises that you can do and practices, like what you said, meditation and Tai Chi, that helps that Chi flow through your body and make you more one with the Tao. Perfect, yeah. Very interesting. And I believe that kind of connects to the yin and yang in a sense, if I'm not... Oh, yeah, probably, I'm sure. Yeah, so I believe that that um, the Chi like, represents like the life of, like, universe and how it's like within each person or perhaps like around each person or maybe both um and she is not something that you have to like earn it's i believe it's something that comes with you like you're born with it mm-hmm. um and from these like breathing exercises like janet mentioned you can preserve your chi and preserve this energy um and that is how it's believed to like elongate your lifetime um yeah have any of you watched Mulan? Like the new one? I'm not. No. Oh, uh, uh, it's really good. And in it, like the chi is a really big theme. Like that's where all she gets, Mulan gets all of her like super fighting skills. It's because she has really good chi. Oh, that's interesting. It's very yeah. interesting. Um, yeah. I just remember, I mean, I love like karate kid like years ago like there's like this one scene where they had like a little pool of water with like the yin and yang in it and like i mean i was like super little when i watched this i thought it was like so cool but yeah that's like that's like a staple scene like literally everybody knows what like the yin and yang is and what it looks like and everything yeah that's really interesting um 
So something that I was actually really surprised about, about Taoism, I just want to bring this up. Um, I thought that Taoism was very concerned with like life after death, but apparently it's really not that way at all. Um, they don't obviously, well, and this, after like thinking through this a little more, it makes sense because if they want to stay immortal, then, you know, the afterlife isn't really an area of concern. Um, so because of like stressing health and wellness during the lifetime, um, death really like is not something that is like, you know, set in their minds. Um, and because of this, you know, they expected to just live forever and, you know, they were never concerned about death. When a lot of religions adversely are concerned about the afterlife and where you go. What do they do when they do die? Dao? I believe that they go back to like Tao. Oh, they become one to Tao? Yeah. Okay. That reminds me of like moksha and Indian like mythology. Oh. Yeah. Do you I've heard of it. Of it? Yeah. I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. I was I was learning about like Hinduism a while ago and when I was watching stuff about Taoism I saw like a lot of connections. Interesting. Yeah, Indian mythology is very I mean, honestly, my perception of, like, like Hinduism in general is more based on, like, just, like, being there in the country rather than, like, an actual study of the religion. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, reincarnation is a really, really big thing there. And then, um, let's see, I guess the caste system makes each cast have their own respective like ways of life or um mm-hmm. in contrary to Taoism where it's just like you know one man one way um yeah yeah so I mean they're all focused on the afterlife um in their respective roles but um I'd say that you know just like on like a uh, you know on paper level just um, based on what's written, I'd say that like Taoism is inherently like a little bit more equal, um, and then a little less, uh, let's say, um, toxically driven than like Hinduism, because like there's like one, there's like a relative uh, space where you are residing in when you're living, and then you just try to move up when you're dead, basically. But in Taoism, it's just like kind of the same game over and over again, you know. So I think that influences the way people live their life and that, like, like, um, I don't know, whenever you see, like, a bunch of, like, old people doing Tai Chi, like, in the park or whatever, it seems like they're all, like, you know, working towards the same thing. Um, But, yeah, you don't really get that in Hinduism just because there's, like, a lot of differences to be um, addressed very early on in in interaction with somebody. Yeah, it's kind of, like, it's nice. It's, like, everyone's coming together in that sense um i know that when someone as someone who practices Taoism, when they like suffer in their life for whatever reason um or when they're unhappy just in general they're living like against the Tao, or so like Tao. i believe Tao is like sort of like the way or the path um i don't know where exactly that path leads to however i know that it's a path that represents like i said health and well-being um 
So to become to become one with the doubt, like Janet was saying, you have to live in peace and you have to live in happiness, um, which is the goal, which is a very positive goal. I believe this is really one of the more positive episodes we've had. I feel like some of them, like existentialism was just like really depressing. <laughs> really interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. So, so with Taoism, sorry. Um, yeah. So with Taoism, um, I've kind of realized that like its basic tenets are pretty simplistic, which is I mean not like a good or bad thing, but like we covered like a lot of like Wu Wei, like Yin Yang, all that stuff. But then I'm like a pretty interested in how religions play out in the real world. In the real world, like there will always be bad people, you know. So um, I feel like with Taoism, like um, the way can be held over people's head a lot um perhaps people who are like greedy or selfish will um leverage like a piety to the way in order to make people like do what they want so just like i mean uh all religions like have like this issue more or less but i feel like true like Taoism like basically requires a good understanding of what the way is and what um what it's supposed to be, I guess. It's like almost you have to like maybe read the book. Um, otherwise, it can be easily corrupted into like, just like, oh, you're not, like instead of like uh, adhering to the way, you could you could just sub that in for like cool. Like, you know, everyone wants to be cool, but you're not cool because you're not doing this, you know? Instead, it should be, I know what like cool is. I know what the way is. And this is the way I will live my life. So, I mean, I know obviously like that, East Asia hasn't been, like, the most peaceful for the longest time. I mean, basically, every place hasn't been peaceful, but, um, yeah, but, yeah, I'm sure that I'm not, like, no, I know it's sort of on East Asian history, but I'm sure people have taken advantage of this ideal of the way, but I'm glad that the, the knowledge of what it's supposed to be can still exist pretty freely in today's society to be found by us. Mm-hmm. I think in the first chapter of the Tao Te Ching, it was it describes what the Tao is, and it's something really out there, like ambiguous, like the the way that can be walked is not the eternal Tao, and like the Tao that can be spoken is not the true Tao. So it was like it's really hard to understand too. Yeah, um, Lao Tzu. Uh really emphasized how we can never really know what it is just because we cannot Mm -hmm. understand it. We just have to live in accordance with it, which is just like, I mean, if we end the, if we end the period there, if we end the book there, it's like, Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. Um, but, um, it, I I feel like it makes a little bit more sense once you realize, um, what, what our limited understanding understanding of it can be just like a worldly process, you know, the worldly process. And like, it, I'm, if people say that I can never understand that, I'm like, you know, okay, that's that's fair. Like, yeah, you're not supposed to understand it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, are there any like last inputs? I really like this conversation. Um, okay. Okay. Um, so, like I said, I really like that discussion, and I'll definitely make sure to watch the newer Milan and. Was, what was it, Karate Kid? Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm definitely going to make sure to watch both of those, like, I, like right after we're done. Um, You're so good. Yeah, I don't really watch movies too much. 
So those are on my bucket list, though, for sure, for sure. Okay, um, thank you all so much for listening uh, to episode four. And um, we hope that you all tune in for our next episode. So with that said, I will end this. And um, bye, guys.